that actually brings up a point, though. Oh, we're back to here, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> we always come back to here somehow. This show goes to weird places after a while, especially when I'm controlling it here. It's Wednesday, and you're listening to Hump Day Vibes on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM, and you're here with Brock, Byron, and Alex. So what have you been doing today? Welcome back to Hump Day Vibes on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. You're with Brock, Byron, and Alex driving you home. I'm excited to be back. I hope you are too. We're going to go straight into our first song. Here's Down for Tomorrow, Show Me That You Care. And we'll be back with the right question soon. Read it. This is the most addictive website known to man. It will tear your life apart. And that's how we found this question. And the red question of the week is, what is your biggest cooking fail ever? Ooh. Well, hello there, Byron. Hello. Hey, guys. Welcome back. It feels weird not talking at the start, though. Yeah. No, it's great. You don't want to hear us talk, don't you? I love hearing you talk to me. Okay. Oh, okay. Not at you, just to you? To you, yeah. Okay. Not at me. <laughs> at me you. At you. Yeah, that's hey. right. Okay, but cooking fails, right? Yes, cooking fails. Okay, I'll start because I've got one particular memory which comes to mind, and it was back when I was doing cooking class in high school because <laughs> I, I loved doing like uh, what's technically called like food technology or whatever, yeah, you know, they what, f- they, what they ever call them, you know. They put but, a fancy word behind it just so everyone loves it, but really it's... The same BS. Yeah. Everyone knows it's cooking. And yeah. uh, basically what I was doing was it was a grading thing and we had to decide on our own recipe on what we were going to do and then we had to make it. I decided I was going to make a cannelloni. Mm, and yeah. so uh, I haven't made a cannelloni since, by the way. And what I did was I ended up making the cannelloni. It was great, but I forgot the onion. <gasps> and what I ended up doing was... Just before I uh, ended up, like, stuffing all of it, like, it was pretty much cooked, everything like that, I just decided I was just going to stuff the onion straight into it after it already started cooking and stuff like that. And, like, basically, the onion was just wasn't cooked, basically, at all. And, like, so you know that point where you've put the onion in and it reaches that sort of goldy sort of, like, tinge when it's yeah. kind of cooked and whatnot? This was still, like, just white. <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, it was like, it was like, because obviously it was in high school. So, like, um, we were just using, and was, I think I was like year nine. So, we just used like frozen onion and then just, you know. Oh, gross. Yeah. And so, because it wasn't cooked, it was white. It was still kind of like cold and hard and, you know, just. Yeah. But you know what? It tasted nice. The teacher didn't even bother tasting because uh, she just said, yep, that looks good. That's a cannelloni. Sweet. Here's your marks. And I was like, great. <laughs> but- Does it look like it? Cool, Tick. It was. Was it actually cooking class or just like molding class? No, no, no. It was, no, it was genuine like cooking class. It's just uh, obviously they didn't want to taste our food. Clearly, I would not be game. <laughs> no, it actually tasted really nice though, so I'm happy. Okay. Mm. Well, well, Alex, what you got? Yeah. Me personally, I don't really have that many interesting stories because I tend to be quite boring and consistent when it comes to my cooking. But uh, there was one time I um, sort of came home from a home economics class, you know, cooking and stuff like that, making this sweet dessert dish, whatever it was. And um, I remember my, like, bringing it into the house and my mum said, what was that? I was like, I have no idea. (laughs) I just, I turned up, I had no idea what it was. Tasted nice though, but uh, yeah. I guess my most common cooking mistake would be um, every time I make a carbonara, I accidentally put the eggs in a bit too early and scramble them. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Other than that, though, I just, you know... Chop potatoes, peel potatoes, fry the potatoes, or mash the potatoes, you know. Irish. Good. 
Irish. Drink the potatoes. <laughs> no, no, vodka, you know, that, you know, vodka takes a while, but yeah. uh, I'll try it one day. <laughs> okay, so mine involves a date. Oh. oh. So many, many moons ago, I think it was five, yeah, five years ago. Five BC. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, so like five years ago, I had a Tinder date coming around and I was going to cook her dinner, but she was a vegetarian. And Did you give her steak or something? <laughs> no, 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 no. So <laughs> let me finish the story. Thank you very much. Here's a good ribeye. <laughs> Have a big pie, love. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, she said she loves stir fry, so I decided I'm going to attempt to do a vegetarian stir fry. Got the veggies in, no problem. And then I got tofu. Yeah. So I've chucked the tofu in and, you know, given it to her and... I've been like, yeah, this is, you know, this looks all right. Tasting it. Tofu is falling apart. Mm. It's just becoming mush between everything. Oy. And I find out at the end, she was like, it was a really nice dinner. But just to let you know, this isn't how you cook tofu. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? And apparently you cook like a, you know, steak where you just you gotta keep flipping it and browning the outside of it. And I'm there just going, oh, my God, I've just embarrassed myself completely around this girl. It's the thought that matters, Byron. Yeah, Probably so a you tasty got... alternative to tofu, halloumi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, but the good part is I did get a second date out of it. But I'll be honest, it was absolutely terrible. Like, I bombed out so bad and then I vowed never to cook no, again, see, though. you didn't bomb. You got a second date out of that. Yeah, but it was a fail, though. Complete like, fail. You ended up, like, what? At the end of the scenario, you turned out to be a yeah, wiser person. Because, exactly, because you put in the effort to make this, you know, and sure, you stuffed it up, but honestly, it's the thought that counts more than the end result in that situation. And now but you know your it weakness. Is a, yeah, it is a food uh, fail, though. It is a very good food yeah. fail, and I'm very proud of it, and I've never cooked tofu again. I don't want to, and I don't think it tastes very good anyway. But at least that's my opinion of it. Can you imagine us in Hell's Kitchen? No. No, definitely not. Although... You two whimpering in the corner, me standing oh, up. Oh, Gordon Ramsay, <laughs> definitely. Now that you've brought it up, though, Byron, uh, what I want to know... I was, And I've just thought of this in a span of the moment. I want to bring a challenge to you. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yep. I want you to, uh, at some point in the next few weeks, it doesn't have to be instantly, I want you, in this day, to recook that meal with the tofu. Serve it to us. And serve it to either us or you can just have it yourself. Or <laughs> no, like, I don't you know, want tofu. Just I want to see if, if you can cook it properly now. Ooh, I like that challenge. Just organize a romantic date with Brock. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah, and you know what? And <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll do this myself as well. I'll cook the cannelloni at some point as well. This is going to be really interesting. Don't and you? Alex, you can cook your deal, uh, deal meal. Yeah, no, mashed I, potato. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't share food. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to go to our second song. It is... Adrian Duke, bad like Riri. You're listening to Hunt Day Vibes on Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM, driving you home. And that was Blaster by Ghetto, and before that was Cody John, What's Up? You're listening to Hump Day Vibes on Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. So something I've noticed recently, and it kind of, it's always happening, but the question I've got for you guys is, why do people go out while they're sick? Like to clubs, pubs, events. I agree. I hate saying this. I think we should introduce really harsh laws for this. Maybe like some maritime laws, like um, <laughs> have them tied to a mass and, mass and flogged. Like truly, like I hate it when people like walk out with a cold all the time. I've got uh, two suggestions for this, and I'm I'd, not, I'd I... like to clarify: not work. Mm-hmm. If like, yeah, okay, you work in first fast food, that's and serving industry. Fair yeah. enough. Don't for do it. Reasons, but don't do it. Like, 
I'm talking about in the general sense of like events and stuff that exist. Pubs, clubs. Yeah, pubs, clubs, all that. Yeah. Shopping centers. Mm. I got two suggestions for this one. And uh, basically, I think it's because people always feel like they're okay to do things. You know what I mean? They might have like, like, oh, it's just a little snivel or like, oh, it's just a little cough. You know what I mean? They don't uh, think that it's anything too serious. So they just have like some cold medicine or blah, 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 you know, and then they go out and it's fine. But another part is though, it's just more like, oh, that's just how things are. You know what I mean? So like, Mm. you know, everyone's going to be sick at some point. So life continues on. Perhaps a good solution to this is to um, sort of, Follow along the lines of what the Japanese do. You know, with the fish, face masks yeah, with face over masks, them. Yeah. yeah, that would definitely work. Can you but, imagine everyone in clubs like that, though? No, but yeah, see, sure. The issue, tread. the issue, though, <laughs> with uh, face masks, though, is it's such a culture thing, though. Mm. It's like, if you see someone with a face mask in public here, you're probably going to look at it weirdly and be like, what are they up to? You know what I mean? We have a different association with it. Mm. Whereas over there, they... Because every single second person, essentially, is doing it. Yeah, it's for being polite. It's normal, you yeah. know what I mean? Because... It's about keeping your sickness in, not... Uh, All possible sickness out. No, no, no. Literally, like, it's not actually about, like, taking it out. It's about keeping no, it no, in. No, I no, mean, I mean, so you don't get infected. Yeah, but basically, like, even though it's it's just common courtesy because you're sick, so you just don't want to spread it out, so you're going to keep it inside you, essentially. Yeah, yeah. But and that would look weird here in Australia, you know what I mean? I think... Uh, see, there's just... I feel like it's people having a fear of missing out. That, missing out, really. Mm. That's what I at least perceive it as. But at the same time... I wonder, isn't this like a way that, you know, big bugs can spread though? Absolutely. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I hated when I'd watch someone come to uni and see them coughing and spluttering. Yeah. And then you would sort of just like dress like, oh God, what week is going to happen? When is it going to happen to me? You know, spread around, you know, it's coming quickly. Mm. Or the worst one is when you're ever on public transport and you see someone coughing, you're like, nah. Especially when they're right next to you. Oh, happened on the train today. I'm uh, getting accustomed to this public transport thing. and Like whenever I'm in that sort of situation where like I'm ever in that sort of state, I just stay at home and have some honey tea all the time. I just, that works. Hail corporate. They're totally not sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so I'm going to transfer this to the next thing though. There is a disease. Sorry, that- one second. That's a really clever wording right there. You're going to transfer it over. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, in China... Right now, there yes. is a lovely SARS-like virus going around, mm. which has just been detected in the US as well. And this also involves, you know, these people are sick and don't think they're too contagious because they probably think it's common cold or not. This is another reason why we shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Do you know what that made me think of? You know, in the book World War Z, you know, when zombies were taking over the world, the first infected in that book came from China. It was called <laughs> Patient X. Really? So I'm just thinking, could this be it? Uh, we've thought of this a few times, though. I mean, then we, then again, we thought the zombie thing in mm. Africa was going to happen. But... but again, though, like, think about the amount of, like, diseases that originated from Central Asia. Like, the Black Death originated from there as well. And then we have SARS as well. It's interesting. Yeah, but... Perhaps it's just due to, like, the heavy population there. No, but you've also got to think about how um, the English did the same thing when they settled Australia, etc. You know what I mean? Where they got the indigenous people sick. And the Spanish. And the Spanish, blah, blah, blah. Like, everyone else, when they came over to America as well, like, mm. all those people, they all caused their diseases to come over there. So it's mostly a thing is where the Western world had the Western settlers, you know what I mean? And Asia has, like, their Asian settlers, you know what I mean? So there's going to be back and forth diseases. Yeah, but if you come back, 
It was a bit different then, though. They didn't have much of a choice. And they didn't have any knowledge of germs at the moment. And besides, it's like... Um, but, apart from basic ones, really. Eh, it, during the Middle Ages, it was like the common cold, perhaps. Yeah. But um, it was mainly because trade routes were open for centuries. So all those regions gradually sort of adapted to such diseases, even though millions died with the Black Death, a third of Europe died. But still, even today, there are so many like parts of the world, um, like minor pockets, like, say, in the Amazon. Or do you know that island near um, India, the Sentinelese Islands? Oh, I do know now. of. It basically like, a couple hundred people that these the natives basically attack any outsiders. But that area now is completely uh, blocked off by the Indian Navy. Because oh, sorry, I do know actually what you're talking about. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, someone actually went to it and they killed the guy. Yeah. And that actually kicked off the Iron Age for them because their boat, you know, made of metal. And so apparently their arrowheads are now pieces of the boat. Oh, that's, that's cool. kind of weird. Like, when you sort of turn up to the boat, you accidentally kickstart the Iron Age in that area. <laughs> that's some real Back to the Future sort of, like, style right there. Yeah, that's cool, though. But, um, yeah, going back to the actual topic, though, do you think we should have laws that prevent this? I would agree. I think Or, I'm say, more... bouncers saying, you know, hey, look, sorry. Mm. I would agree. I, I would say I'm much more concerned about disease rather than a World War Three, I would say. See, this is interesting just for the fact that there's a varying degree of sickness. You know what I mean? You're going to have to make a call. And is this sickness just a small, like, you know, cough or is this more something else? Oh, if we could have, just have some sort of identification system mm. to know if it's contagious or not. But speaking but, I mean, of that, technically, though, though, all coughing and stuff like that and all sickness is technically contagious because you're spreading germs yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, not all viruses are contagious. Not all, like, they are, are, but, like, the way they're spread. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of spreading, though, we are going to go to our next song, which yes. is by GL, am I correct? Yes, and it is contagious. You listen to Humpty Vibes. I'm Ray Freeman, 107.9 FM. And that was Jay Miller, Unlock the System, and before that, Go Get Mum, Moving Day. You'll listen to Humpty Vibes driving you home. Now, Brock, you got a special announcement? Yes, of course. So, uh, as always with Hump Day Vibes, if you're enjoying the show and you want to continue listening, you should check us out on Spotify at Hump Day Vibes. We're on Podbean at Hump Day Vibes. We're on Facebook. We are on Instagram. It's Hump Day Vibes, of course. But most importantly, you can check us out on humpdayvibes.com where we post all the music which we play on the show for the newest tracks. You can listen to all the shows on there. You can listen to some extra stuff. And there's a lot more on there as well. And what are you guys doing right well, Also, now? we have another announcement to make. Uh, I'm not sure if it was mentioned last week, but it was Byron's birthday recently as well. Oh. Yes. Well, I guess, are we going to sing Happy Birthday on air? No. no. Oh, okay. That's but just, we want people to know how old he is. 37. Yeah. <laughs> oh. good, good one. Real good one. 31. <laughs> no, but let's go to game sesh. <laughs> Choose your character. Choose your weapon. Round one. Fight! This is Game Sesh. And on Game Sesh, we are talking about PC ports, or ports in general. And the thought of, if anything has gone past two years of its release date on its original platform, shall it be allowed to be go to the rest of them? Ah. Why not? If it's if the um, platform is capable of handling such a game, I don't see why not. As long as the developers are com- competent in adapting, that it also game. depends on the reception as well mm. to the game. Oh yeah, if it does terrible, like you know, no point. They haven't got the money to do it. Like an infinite, an infamous example for me is Dark Souls One. The PC version of that is absolutely abysmal because this came out during the the dreadful years of the Games for Windows Live as well. 
but the Steam version of it, it just, it's awful. <laughs> I'm sure it is. But Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3, they really, really improved their PC ports. Yeah, but but that was pretty closely, like, when they launched to it. I'm talking about, like, well, the example we've got now is, what was the example? Um, so you're thinking of Horizon Zero yes, Dawn. Horizon, yes. And so that came out two years after the PlayStation 4 version. But I've actually got one which came out in Steam last year, if I recall, and it is a port of a PlayStation 1 game. Oh, yeah? And it came out on PC last year. What was it? I'm talking about Chrono Trigger. Okay. Ah. Have, have you heard of Chrono Trigger yes. before? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you didn't realize, Chrono Trigger, it's made by uh, the same people who make uh, Final Fantasy, but it's not a like related to Final Fantasy at all or anything like that. And Squeenix? Just looks yeah, like exactly Square, the same. Yeah, yeah I call yeah. Squeenix. Yeah, Squeenix. Yeah, but basically it's yeah, set in the same style as the way Final Fantasy VII was. And it's a futuristic sort of like time traveling sort of like story, blah, 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 blah. And that was ported from a PlayStation 1 game to the PC last year. And so basically what I'm getting at here is though, if the reception to a game is good enough, if the game is good enough, if it's been praised, why not? There's arguably a better audience available on PC than there is in consoles, in my opinion. I wouldn't say better, and I wouldn't say more either. No, is it a just a direct port or is it like a remastered version? No, it's just a port. Right. I would so say port, didn't change not anything. A remaster really Yeah, you get all the updates that have probably been pushed to it now, but mm. not the only changes which they made yeah. was localizations to different languages. Oh, yeah, but that's not the story entirely. Though. Yeah, that's not really, like, any changes. That's basically just making it accessible for French, Australian, European. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm just throwing out everything, you know. Australian. <laughs> they made the not. Australian language. Well, again, you know, like, watch out for the kangaroos. Yeah, I'd love an Australian <laughs> port of games, you know. Mm. But then again, though, with a lot of uh, ported games on PC, I guess the reason why I would play them would be um, higher frame rate, if yeah, possible. But- I don't know. I cannot. I, it's really hard for me to play a game that's below 30 frames per second or and, around 30 frames. And that is why I think ports are a great option because, say, for example, going back to this uh, PlayStation 1 example. So, for example, if you use an emulator, you are actually locked to the game's original frame rate. You can't, like, increase it. You know what I mean? Cause, like, yeah, you can. No, like, you can increase <laughs> the frame rate, but you're not going to be able to run the game at that frame rate. You literally have a shortcut, for example, on the Super Nintendo one where you can just press spacebar and it speeds it up. No, no, but I'm like, that's a completely different thing, what I'm talking about, basically. Okay. So the games themselves, like I'll use PlayStation, for example, they're locked to a specific frame rate. They can't be adjusted even uh, if you... Yes. okay. And because, like, the whole architecture but architecture behind those, like, consoles and games themselves. So essentially, if they've got an official port, you no longer have to worry about that. So you can play it at what you'd like. Yeah, I guess that's another perspective to look at it, though. I just but- think 30 frames... Thirty frames just feels like you're drunk when you're playing it. <laughs> it does though. I used to play Overwatch at twenty four frames, and I think Oof. it's terrible. Yeah. And all I could do was play a tank character and swing because it didn't matter where I was aiming that much. I do find there are cases though outside of gaming where having a lower frame rate is actually more beneficial though. Movies. Yes, movies. So movies in thirty frames per second, in my opinion, are better than movies which are in sixty frames per second. Movies well, usually twenty four like, frames. Um, well, even th- that's even better. Well, I've been hearing stories about when the Hobbit movies sort of first came out, uh, Peter Jackson wanted to try, I think it was 40 frames per second, and many people were saying that it felt like the movie was on fast forward. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. I was going to say something similar, because I remember when I was maybe 14 or 15, I was at a, um, like, I was in a house, uh, which we were at, like, a holiday house at the time, essentially, and one of the Die Hard movies was on. Mm. Good movie. Yeah, I I don't know if it's a thing. Is Die Hard three a thing? 
Yeah. Okay. Technically, so it is I wanna, I not, think it, but it is. I think it's Die Hard 3, which was playing. And the TV and the movie was playing at, like, 60 frames per second, essentially. And it was torture because it felt sped up. Everything was normal talking-wise and stuff like that. But when you're looking at the actions and the explosions, you're like, this is going faster than usual. Something's it wrong. It feels off, hey. It feels off. But when you watch it in 24 or 30 frames per second, it feels right. And that's why old CRT monitors are great to play old games on because it matches it. It's designed for that, not these big LCD fun times. Mm. LCD fun times? <laughs> it is fun times. It's like a massive screen. Remember have the old day where you have a giant box and it's like you know 24 inches was massive? Than- yeah, well, it was literally like thicker than the size of the screen, essentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would say like some games were kind of ruined by HD uh, remasters of it. I'm thinking about the, uh, the Silent Hill collection that was remastered oh there so many were ruined from it mm. but anyways uh speaking of scary stuff even though it's just a name here's demon days lost in translation <laughs> you listen to hump day vibes driving home on ready for Anal, 107.9 fm hard to face by san may and before that we had for the rave by right ill listening to hump day vibes brock byron and alex driving you home on this wednesday afternoon now we're going to be heading straight back into a bit more of game sesh because, Byron, you suggested an idea to us the other day, which I thought sounded actually very interesting. And it was something different. And it was about this sort of, like, game utopia in a way where everything is sort of connected, but it's not. Okay, so the idea is that instead of having consoles, it's now a controller. You pay, you know, for your, whatever controller you want, and you're paying for that subscription. So you're always online. So they've already got part of this working, but not all of it. And I like the idea that, you know, you buy your games, you know, digitally and all you're doing is connecting to it with a subscription service, which, if you think about it, over three years of buying a full console is paying for it anyway. And then, you know, seven years for the whole lifespan and just kind of works out cheaper. And it's just you get the controller you want, you connect it to the system you want, and it just all works out. And say, again, you are locked in certain conditions because, you know, certain services but then you go, okay, cool, I want to play in the other one. You buy that controller, you pay that subscription, you're still not having to have another, you know... System, Xbox. essentially. Yeah, another system, it's just the controller. And that cost, just removing that cost, just sounds amazing. And yeah, okay, Google of Stadia and all that is trying to do that right now, but they haven't fixed it yet. And the other thing about this as well, though, I feel like this could be used for games to go across both of them, where... I mean, yeah, okay, publishers might not get as much for it, but I might be able to have two controllers and I like to play it on one, but my friends are on another. And I do have to have both systems, but it could exist across all ecosystems as well. So it sounds like essentially, uh, I'm just going to put it in simple terms like this way. So it sounds like I'm going to use PC as the example. So it sounds like everything, okay, PC Master Race. everything for example, <laughs> is on PC, but essentially what it does is you have your controller and your controller is essentially the service which you're paying for. And even though all the games and everything like that is run off, say, the PC disc, it all works on every single system, essentially, is what you're saying, right? Yeah. Well, I would say for every system, I think PC should be... It should set the standard, I would say. I just did that because it's sort of like the universal sort of system in a way because, you know, consoles are made out of PC parts and stuff like that and they've got their own operating system, blah, 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 you know? Yeah, then again, though, I wouldn't want it all in like one sort of category or system because I think that would sort of bring the risk of um, one company like having a monopoly and everything, really. There's laws against that, though. Mm. 
there's literally laws against that where they yeah. can't. Like the only way a monopoly will happen is if every other company folds. Mm. That's the only way. And still, you never know with Disney. No, Disney the can't. Empire of Disney. Disney can't control everything. They literally can't. There's mm. actual laws stopping that in the Western world. Mm. I don't know about China and stuff like that. That's not a story. But in the Western world, we have competition. That's why we get to innovate and stuff like that. Mm. You know, if someone controls everything, there's no innovation. But I feel like, yeah, this idea is somewhere we can go. Well, I, I agree. We can kind of do that, though, because a lot of games are cross-platform, though, these days. Yeah, but that's only just coming in now, though. But mm. the idea of being able to play on, say, a local co-op game with your friend who has that same controller mm. sounds fun as well. Then again, though, when you're playing online as well, it's easy to sort of distinguish a PC player and a console player by PC players generally winning the match. That's what I was going to say. Because keyboard and mouse is just it's a superior yeah. system. I was just about to say, you can tell who's a console and who's a PC player just from the pleb. Yeah. But, I was going to say their voice. Yeah, that too. High voice? Probably a kid. <laughs> the question is, though, what if you're like me? Peasant? Yeah, but you don't know. Am I a PC or a console player? I know you're hmm. a PC player, but I also know you're a PlayStation player because you're Crash Bandicoot. Whatever hell it is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be dissing my Crash Bandicoot. Although uh, we are going to move on slightly, though, to another topic. And it is an, another sort of ideas section. So I guess this is like an ideas part of the show, I guess. And it's not related to games in any form at all. But basically, because of the bushfires and stuff like that going on right now, I read this article about how there's been an idea to export koalas to New Zealand to save them like from extinction and stuff like that, if it ever reached that point. What do you guys think of that idea? That would be potentially tricky because isn't their diet preferably uh, eucalyptus trees? Yeah, yes. there's yeah. so much more to this idea behind the scenes than just suggesting to do it. You Perhaps know? ship them to Western Australia, I suppose. Yeah, but the same problem. You've still got the existence of them all in there. Chlamydia. <laughs> I would they, say... They have um, a problem with that. I'd say it'd be a good feel-safe if the situation went to like absolutely drastic, you know... What yeah, sort of a scenario. Yeah, perhaps. What about an island like Rotnest is? Yeah, we make a plantation on and then. Koala Island. Ooh. <laughs> make a koala plantation. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really sinister. But no, um, <laughs> the koala seen... revolution. We've, uh, we've got Rotnest, which has quokkas. We have Kangaroo Island, which is now destroyed by the fires, but I'm sure there was a few kangaroos there. That's sort of grow their own society. And, and then we also have Tasmania. It just seems like a viable option, though, where you could have, say, you know, it's no one's allowed to go to it. And just be a little sanctuary. Yeah, but see, all those ideas, though, they sound great in theory. Yeah. But there's so much more climate and, like, other species, you know, which might be influenced by that. Yeah, that's true. That's because, well. like... Wait, cats, for instance. Yeah, but not only that, though. So the intentions are always great, except... Um, wait, what's this about cats? No, no, I just saying, like, cats are sort of a being of a lot of species in Australia at the moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and... For all we know, though, if we're transporting uh, these koalas to another island or something like that, the natural predators on that island... It depends. Though. You know what I mean? They they might now be hunting the koalas, essentially. And, you know, it's... And then you've also got uh, all the other, like, climate issues and all that. Like the, uh, I'm thinking of an island the size of Rotnest, okay? <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, but it's still... Small. No, but it's still a thing, Maybe. though, where it's, it's like, say, if we decided to bring in a giant, giant batch of wild dingoes to Rotnest, you know what I mean? Yeah, just like practically drop them. They would destroy the quokkas, you know oh, what yeah, I mean? 100%. And so something similar could happen to that with the koalas, you know what I mean? So it's so much easier in theory than it is in yeah. just... But going yeah. going back to the Dingo whole New Zealand thing, though, do they have the trees to support it, though? 
Mm. I mean, you can always plant trees, though, but trees aren't instantly growing. Yeah, though, so. they take a long time to grow. But I'm, sh- I'm sure there's eucalyptus somewhere in... Uh... I think koalas aren't as fussy as pandas. You know, mating-wise. Pandas are like, well, mating-wise, but also they, eating they bamboo. They sleep all the days, you know, all day still. Like, but, yeah, but they're also very fussy with bamboo. Yeah, although bamboo doesn't actually take that long to grow. Yeah. That's a fun fact which I actually learned. But there's yeah, pandas, no just nutritional value in there either. In bamboo? Mm. Yeah. Well, for the pandas, there is. There's yeah. not much. They've got to eat so much just to live. It's ridiculous. Like, it's a joke. They need a new source of food. Mm. They need a new bit of motivation Let's to sleep Let's create too. bamboo too. <laughs> That's terrible. The sequel to bamboo. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to prove bamboo. <laughs> 2.0. Let's go to our next song, though. Sell that I, to the Chinese government. We could make a lot. <laughs> I couldn't take that bamboo too out here. Seriously, well. Um, next song coming up, though, it's called Like the Others Do. It's by Sheree. And once again, you listen to Humday Vibes, driving you home. And that was Be About You by Winston Surfshirt. And before that was Like the Others Do by Sheree. You're listening to Hump Day Vibes with Brock Byrne and Alex driving you home. But coming up now is another segment of a certain topic. We are talking Pokemon. Game of Thrones. We could talk about that. You guys remember Gangnam Style, right? I loved Gangnam Style. You're listening to Nerd Talk. So, for this edition of Nerd Talk, Brock has brought about an interesting topic about a certain show on Netflix called The Circle and its relation to social media. Yes, so for a quick uh, premise of The Circle, if you don't know what it is about, essentially they bring these eight people into this massive building where they're into their own little apartments, essentially. And these eight people, they never meet each other in person once, but the only way they can communicate is via The Circle, which is essentially their own in-house social media platform and stuff like that, where the only thing they can do is chat and whatnot. They rank each other via their profiles and stuff like that. So with their like um, with their picture and whatnot. And then basically the, the role of the entire thing is essentially at the end, they rank each other and the loser, essentially who's rate, uh, ranked the least, gets blocked and gets voted out essentially. And what happens if they are voted out? They, they get killed? They, they leave the house, essentially. Okay. And the winner eventually receives money as a prize. But basically... This what is this real? Yeah, this is real. It's on Netflix, yeah. No, but like, is it a game show? Or it's is it a, or fiction? Is it... No, no, it's real. You're serious? What? Yeah. Wow. And basically, like, it's got your own reality TV elements where they kind of play up, like, you know, like how America plays up their reality TV. Yeah, they stir up drama. But it's an actual proper thing. And mm. essentially what's uh, going on is basically... It really, to me, speaks about the negatives of social media and stuff like that and about how it's very positive, positive this, positive that, you know what I mean? It's all those dopamine hits. Like, it's all that dopamine hit. It's about getting likes. It's about being popular. It's about being an influencer mm. and all that sort of stuff like that. And it's it, really bringing out the worst of humanity. Yeah, it drives you to be really obsessive over how you're seen Yes, online. exactly. And that's the entire point of the game. You need to be perceived by others to be this certain thing so eventually you can win. And so a real big thing of the um, the whole point of the show is you can be anyone you want to be on this show. So basically mm. there's two people on this one where they play people of the opposite gender pretending to be girls and pretending to be guys. Right. Stuff like that. Because you're just meant to fool people so you can win. But why I found this so interesting is because you guys have seen Black Mirror, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know one the episode of the, I'm talking about, yes, right? Yes. One of the, arguably the best episode of Black Mirror is one called Nosedive, where it's this dystopian society where everyone's livelihood is determined by a social media score. 
Yeah, and, and that uh, is and that is exactly how this show plays out. And it's just imagining like the way you present yourself on social media, but you just apply it to your everyday life as well. You need to present this perfect version of yourself all the time and not allow that to slip whatsoever. That is terrifying. I'd be voted one star within a week because I could be kind of rude to people some days. I would go offline. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. And so imagine if like the only communication you had with the outside world is it basically through this social media. So that would be a nightmare. Your first impression of someone from how they look and stuff like that means everything. And so I the just... first thing these guys had to do when they entered the house is they had to create their own social media profile and then they had to rank the other housemates mm. from like one to seven. And then, yeah. Wait, who votes on this? The housemates themselves. Yeah. So they judge each so other. So they never see each other in person. They never see each other in person. So they don't know if they even are who they say they are. So are they like just isolated from the rest of the world? Yeah. Wow. I'm not sure I can cope with that. Like, I think it's essential to be able to talk to someone in person. Yeah, no, know? it's all through um, just text. Like, wow. they Like, they don't even get to voice chat with anyone. Like, they just see profiles and everything like that. You know what I mean? It's like really bad like it's because mm. it's really playing up social media phone calls yeah. are so needed in my life then again no i like you yeah. got to be able to pick like, up your phone and call me and i mean that's the thing it's not as if they're um like look it because because it's a um netflix show it's an american reality tv series like for all we know they could have filmed they will dramatize things yeah they, yeah they probably filmed this over an entire week period or something like that and then that's it you know what i mean like it's not as if they're probably literally living in these buildings and stuff like that you know still so, a week of isolation no, but it's not as if they're probably just doing that for a week. You know what I mean? <sighs> I think yeah. I would be content with a week of isolation. If you had a good book with you, you're fine. In fact, that would be beneficial because then you can just focus on the book. Yeah, but then you're not you know, playing the game. Yeah. But pretty much like... I wouldn't care. I'd probably just want to leave. Yeah, I just kind of just wanted to bring this up, though, just for the fact that social media is very fake positive, wouldn't you say? Mm. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think it is... Probably a requirement for people to sort of disconnect from it for a time being and then come back to it. Just like not focus your entire life on it as well. Because that can certainly lead to depression. Yeah, and there's the problem. And then everyone's has this social media presence on there. Or at least there's a younger generation that has it. And it's kind of wrecking them. Mm. They think it's all about the Instagram. And then they're blowing all this money trying to go to these events, being present in the moment, all these photos. Becoming an influencer. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm. And then <laughs> just... it. It's a downward spiral because only like 1% of them make it and then the rest are like, oh, I'm a failure and they you know, go down their pathways that they're going. But really, they shouldn't be doing this in the first place. Yeah, I sort of see that with many people who are adamant in trying to pursue a career and say like Twitch streaming and all that when it's clear that they haven't had a sizable following for a very long time. You have to be really lucky and be a very sort of unique personality to oh, do well on Twitch, 100%, I think. There's a luck component to it, which is the worst part. Mm. If you get lucky, cool. You got to jump on the game at the right time. You got to jump on all the right topic, whatever mm. it is. I think when it comes to these scenarios, you have to be a realist about it as well. You need to sort of provide a contingency plan for your life as well. And that's provide the thing. A lot of these people who are like eventually successful on Twitch and stuff like that, they're not successful on Twitch and they don't make it their job on Twitch from the get-go, you know what I mean? They're doing it on the side just because they can and you know what I mean? And eventually... They can do it as their full-time gig, but a lot of them are struggling and stuff like that and do things on the side. And eventually they combine their current career into streaming, you know what I mean? And mm. so they eventually do what they usually do, but, oh, I'm just going to film it and talk to some people at the same time, you know what I mean? Kind of like us. Yeah, yeah. kind of like us, yeah. I think you, so, just, you should hmm. try your best when you're young to try and get some sort of qualification, I would oh, Absolutely. Say. I think that's essential in the modern world. You've got to have a trade, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's not, it's not a trade, though. Like, you should try to do something else. You shouldn't just try and... Be stagnant, be I suppose. Be making money off an internet service, if that makes sense. Because that's never be a guarantee. Behind it's it. never a guarantee. Yeah, know? it's like winning the lottery. It's not guaranteed mm. in life. You can attempt it, but it's a big chance you're not going to make it. Mm. There's more skills than you think you need than are presented. Well, we sort of prevent, presented a rather dire vision of the future. So coming up now is a song called Cut Down the Middle by Congrats. Stay tuned. And that was Bubblegum by Amira Black. And before that was On Our Way by The Fools. You're listening to Hump Day Vibes with Brock Byrne and Alex driving you home. So, as an Irishman, you can imagine that I was very happy with the recent news that was coming out from the sports on Sunday. The crazy mad Irishman Conor McGregor defeated Cowboy quite decisively. 40-second fight. What did you two think of it? Well, you haven't seen it, Byron, haven't you? No, but I know the premise of it. Them shoulders, do. Oh, them shoulders. Yeah, it makes uh, men lasting long in the ring not very good. I'm actually so surprised <laughs> at how quickly it was. Mm. Just oh. for the fact that, yeah, Connor's great and all, but Cowboy isn't a slouch, you know what he I mean? Is a, he's a hardened veteran when it yeah. comes to that. But and like, uh, Connor respects him as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. But I would say it was also it was a very Conor McGregor victory because he often prefers the fights to be as over as quickly as possible because... Connor tends to sort of gas out when the fights go on for longer periods of time. And instead of using his famous like left punch, he used his left shoulder. And yeah, it worked. That's actually kind of an impressive move though. Mm. Take someone out with a shoulder. Yeah. Like, knees... Which is far better than the fist because you know, you can certainly injure yourself a lot easier with when it comes to your knuckles and stuff like that. But using your your shoulder or your elbow, yeah. I don't know, my shoulder's kind of Gently being destroyed, but you're not. Well, you're not. Well, you're not caught though. though, Mm. You know, because like obviously, like they kind of clinched at the start, and then he got him with his shoulders, and then he didn't just hit him once. He hit him a couple of times, busted his nose. Yeah, which already kind of had him a bit not dazed, but it it was hurting him. You know, Mm. gets him with the kick, and then from that point, it was game over from right there. You know what I mean? Well, like the shoulder, like to the jaw. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, that was sort of the deciding factor to it. Like, that but fight lasted 40 seconds, but 20 imagine, seconds in, it was already done. Yeah, can you imagine if you went to the toilet during the fight? You just oh. come out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the problem with all of it, though. They just, they're over quick. That's how it is. Well, I'm not sure. Unless you're watching a um, Holly Holm fight. Yeah. But I guess, though, it's interesting for Connor. you know, he made, like, over $40 million in, like, 40 seconds. Oh, he, he will fight very, very soon again, just yeah. because he didn't get hurt at all. No, it'll there are rumors be against uh, Khabib or yeah, Masvidal. Khabib, yeah, I hope it's not Khabib because I reckon if he does fight Khabib, it, Khabib would likely win. But uh, I don't know. My faith is behind the crazy Conor McGregor. I want him to return. It's it's such a double edged sword though because mm. Cowboy was the perfect opponent for Conor to like get return his stock with. back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's a draw no matter what. But now it's reached the point where you've got Jorge Masvidal, mm. which I don't know if you saw his fight where he. Um, he won like in the quickest fight in UFC history. Mm. Like that happened, and he's a, he's a superstar now. You know what I mean? Mm. But then you've got Khabib, and it's Khabib. You know what I mean? That fight is going well, to print money with Conor. That'll be the biggest pay per view buy event for UFC in history if it gets. Yeah, I would to- agree. Khabib's his main strength definitely comes when the fight comes to the ground and it's wrestling and grappling. Oh, absolutely, absolutely superior to that. Like, do you remember seeing that uh, grip that he did in Connor? It was like the sort of right arm, like behind his back and all that. Like, I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan talking about that, and he said quite clearly that um, Conor McGregor didn't tap prematurely. When your head is like locked in like that, it feels like your head's just about to pop off. Oh yeah, 
like you'll find all those fighters the second day in like locked into that even if they they're not hurting like in the next few seconds they're going to be just mm. gone so they're tapping straight away you know what i mean once they're locked in you say that but there's a um i'm trying to think of the fighter's name he is Brock Lesnar yeah there's a fight a long time ago on the UFC and it was a very uh, i'm pretty sure it was him is there anyone else with a sword tattoo yeah that's Brock Lesnar yeah so what's the one with the hammer tattoo on his chest I don't know. But anyways, the point is, though, that there was a massive fight. And essentially what it was is this another UFC fighter would come in and he would be knocking everyone out in the first and second round. He was undefeated. It came up to Brock Lesnar and Brock Lesnar just outlasted him and just couldn't mm. knock him out. And that's something that, you know, I think that's the strategy to beat Conor McGregor, though, is outlast him. Yeah. But you've just got to be able to do it. You kind of saw that with that fight when he was against uh, Diaz at one time. And they were both fairly equal throughout the entire thing, but Diaz did squeak a victory because, yeah, it, was, it went to, like, the fifth round, and you can definitely see Connor did gas out. And even then, though, uh, Diaz 3 with McGregor, that one is another, like, big fight, which could happen. But yeah. I don't think it'll happen again, but well, if they were to do that, that's another huge fight. Well, I would certainly... It will definitely be interesting to see in Connor fight Khabib again, because now Connor will know what Khabib mainly does, but then again, Khabib's not an idiot himself. He'll... Exactly. Sort of study that left shoulder. So maybe Connor will have to use the right shoulder. Hmm. I don't know, just change it up. <laughs> but some <laughs> other interesting news, something about Nike sneakers being banned. Do you want to discuss this, Brian? Well, they're, they're not actually banned, by the way. Yeah. It's, it's potential they're, to be okay. banned. So, so a petition for it, really. Two yeah. records have been broken. Uh, two marathon runners have broken these records because of, essentially, they both wore these Nike sneakers that essentially been developed. Firstly, the first one was a prototype, but they've been developed to... Essentially, you'd lose a lot less energy on the foot plant every time. And, right. the, and the times they broke were heavily different. And it just begs the question of where in sport do you draw the line of equipment enhancing you? Well, that was sort of proposed in, I think it was in golf recently, because there was this certain type of putter that you'd use. It was like a giant two-handed one that would go all the way up to your chest when you were holding it, and it gives you a, gives you a lot more control over it. But uh, that's bad now as well. Yeah, but if we go for, you know, that's a assisted. Let's go, let's just go for running and swimming, for example, right? Yeah. At one time, you know, certain swimmers would have certain type of, you know, full body suits. And my logic of that is, oh, you know, you're wearing that, you're going to be slower. But really, they're designed to be quicker in them. Mm. So really, when it comes down to it, for these people running, is a certain shoe, a certain type of enhancement, should they not be wearing shoes? Depends you know, on the environment. I, I believe this comes down to one main thing. Does everyone who is competing at this high level, do they have access to this exact same technology? No. If they if the answer is no, then yes, it probably should be banned unless everyone can get access. Maybe but, a solution for this would be to resort it, to how the Greeks did it in the original Olympics, just go butt naked. Yes, that'd be great entertaining TV. Could you imagine being <laughs> the person having to edit in all the uh, All boxes? the pixels? Yeah. <laughs> That'd oh, be fun, man. God, it's... Especially speeding across the screen and all that. Damn. <laughs> Live. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just everything like below the waist is just like blurred out. It wouldn't even bother anymore. Just blur out the bottom half. Yeah, no. But genuinely though, like if everyone doesn't have access to these shoes though, then yes, it is a in a way performance enhancing. So I do believe that needs to be rectified where either you'd ban it or you give access to everyone. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So that I can completely understand. And especially because of the ramifications of this specific shoe just for the fact that the two hour mark for the marathon i believe was broken thanks to this yeah yeah. that has never been yeah that has never been done before you know what i mean that's 
a huge achievement in oh, human no, that's history. Been broken. Oh, the two-hour mark, you mean? Yeah, that's yeah, a huge. Yeah, that's a that's a defining moment in human history. It has been creeping down though slowly, and let's be honest, the conditions have always changed a little bit. Um, oh yeah, it, it creeps down, but it's one. Of, that's a, one of the biggest mental like no, roadblocks you can have until someone actually beats that. Now you're going to see a lot more people start to beat it. Yeah, you say that, but also with this, this so there's the conditions have changed as well. Like you know, better roads, better or just better surfaces to run on. You know, better conditions set up around it. Probably choosing the right day for the event. All these oh, yeah. things are getting better to be able to you know, predict these situations. And then we put the other enhancements in as well. Mm. Better you know, conditioning, getting everyone to be that like 2 or 3% better because of science. Mm. Well, before we wrap up, I have a tiny bit of sports news as well. The Irish rugby squad has just been announced and Johnny Sexton will be the new Irish captain. I hope he does very, very well. I'm surprised that Kean Healy is not captain because he has a lot more caps. But then again, you want someone who will be in the rugby for a longer period of time. Anyway, coming up now is a song called Elevate by Tina Says. Stay tuned. And that was Paint Me Silver by Pond. And before that was Confidence by Oceanelli. You're listening to Hump Day Vibes with Brock Byrne and Alex driving you home on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Now, unfortunately, it's time for us to say goodbye once more. So, do you two have to say anything? Yep, as always, uh, gonna plug the show once again, of course. So, of course. Uh, yeah, you know, it's the best way to promote the show, of course. But, you know, uh, if you'd like to listen along to all the previous shows from this year and 2019... Without can, the music. Without the music, unfortunately, because, you know, we don't have the rights for that. But Do you yeah. mind how freaky it was, though, if someone, like, just deliberately chose to, like, follow all of our previous shows? Just talk, listen to us all the time. I mean, technically, like... Like, I if someone called us and said, Like, if someone called in and said, I've binged your content. You know? That'd be cool, though. Yeah. But, yeah, of course, so that's all available on humdayvibes.com, which also has the music list for the newest tracks which we've been playing. Uh, of course, checks out on Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, Spotify. It's all at Hump Day Vibes. And Radio Fremantle as, as exactly. well. Exactly. We're available on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM and the Radio Fremantle website, which is radiofremantle.com. Really? Yep, I that one know. you can actually listen to the current show with the music, which Ooh. is great. But yeah, aside from that, though, that's everything from me. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Au revoir. Adios. Hello, Byron. No, I'm good. Okay. See you guys right. later. Bye. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>